Yo, this is an ancient Texan. I wonder if sometimes I've sound ancient. <laughs> well, I am, so it's okay. Ah, uh, everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be noticed. To be somebody. Like that famous movie, I Could Have Been Somebody. Oh. It's probably hard to define being seen. But when it happens to us, we can feel it. We can be with someone and know that we've been seen. Feels good. Every once in a while, we're, we're the witness and we see somebody in all their glory. Well, if, if everybody kind of likes it, why is there a shortage? At least in my world, um, I don't think I get seen too often and I'm not the witness all that often. So I got to thinking about, well, what hurts and what helps us to be seen as people? And of course, I don't have the answers. This is just ponderings of an old dude. Um, but I, I sat down and I said, well, I want to be seen. What, what are the barriers uh, to being seen? One, I, I think the person that's potentially seen puts up a lot of barriers, um, puts up walls around themselves. Kind of one of those first walls is that we can put up is just talking about stuff that's superficial, that's not important to us. You know, it's the classical, let's talk about the weather, let's talk about sports, let's talk about um, how outrageous the boss was, how um, maybe kids you might start touching into something that's important depends on I guess the conversation so you know we fill the world with small talk that's actually a barrier to being seen we stay on the standard scripts another big barrier is when somebody asks you a question that gets a little too close to home that might start to penetrate that first wall of defense, the wall where you talk about the superfluous, the unimportant. Uh, every once in a while somebody asks a question that penetrates right through that wall. The next line of defense is dishonesty. You know, there mostly be classified under those white lies, the things that we use to kind of deflect. How are ya? Well, I'm fine. Um, and we don't say what we're thinking or feeling. We say something else. Something else that we think the other person 
uh, would prefer to hear. Something that's safer, that doesn't reveal ourselves. And, and sometimes we put up a barrier that's just uh, confusion because we're confused. It's, it's, it's unclear. Uh, what the hell's going on in your heart or your brain? And out comes a mumble jumble, and the other person doesn't take time to decipher it. Uh, you haven't taken time to think about it or been in touch with your feelings enough to know what you're feeling. So mumble jumble is another kind of barrier that is between you and the person wanting to know about you. Once we get there, you know, if we can get past those first three walls, then we get to the moat, the big moat. And that's the baggage that most people carry around. Um, those baggage have stories about yourself. Um, perhaps they paint you as a victim. Uh, they paint the world as unfair, uncaring, or something else. And it's a big uh, blast of hot air. Uh, typically complaining, but painting um, your story in a big jumble of loud, uh, bright colors that kind of blind the viewer. Uh, you fill them up with stories uh, that are your baggage in life. I hate men, I hate women. Uh, Republicans suck, Democrats suck, um, hate black people, whatever the hell your, your baggage is. Um, hate, kind of one of those baggages. You have all this, um, past experiences, your journey has colored the way you look at the world and you've constructed a story to explain it all once you get into that story you're not really there anymore you're over there in the castle behind the castle walls and behind your moat and you're not open to the experience in front of you but you've got extra water flowing into the moat you might even throw some alligators out there Alligators hate alligators. All of them protecting you up in your castle from being seen. Uh, there's a few outside help we can get when we're building up this moat. We can adopt a, or perhaps we have adopted a religion that's judgmental, self-righteous. We throw that out there and we can see that you're not one of the saved you're going to hell you're the damned that would be kind of a wall that would be hard to get through but don't worry 
I have the one true word and I know how to save you if you'll just listen and think like me. That could be a barrier. Of course, we've mentioned another one is, you know, whatever prejudice I have against race, sex, uh, person coming from another nation. And, and I would argue that those barriers work like if you don't like blacks, uh, that even work against another white person because you don't really know how they think about blacks. And so you got to be careful you don't say anything to them until you know how they think. So you're really kind of making a, uh, a wall there of, of doubt and inquiry to you know if they're one of you or one of them. And this could be, you know, these days I think it'd even play out better if you imagine um, if you're a Republican and you're talking to someone, first want to establish they're one of those liberals. Um, so you're careful with what you say. So there, there's a huge ass barrier between you and that other person. And even if um, they're another Republican with you, you got to be real careful. Make sure that you know they're the same kind of Republican you are, or same kind of liberal that you are. Uh, what brand are you? Is got the wrong flavor of liberalism then that's going to be met with disapproval so you get all these kind of things that are stopping uh, you and me from connecting and even if that barrier doesn't exist for the person in front of you the whole judgmental us them attitude if it's inside of you is probably a barrier to the person in front of you even if he's just like you because they're a barrier to yourself um, I don't know if this makes any sense to you or not but uh, that's some of the barriers I know um, to being seen and seeing someone else, to being a witness to the person in front of you and having them witness who you are. Well, this is the first segment. I'm going to come back and talk about, you know, how do we see each other? You know, I've given you the negative side of what stops it from happening. And we could spend a whole lifetime figuring out how to fix all those problems. Um... But it, it's part one of this uh, discussion with myself. This is um, the ancient Texan. Namaste. This is the ancient Texan. Ah, talking about 
How do we witness others? How do we see others in front of us? And how do others see us? We just got through talking about barriers that we throw up to keep others from seeing us. Now the harder part is, you know, how do we get it right? How do we see the person in front of us? I think this is one of those things that you can only control one side of this equation and how you do will help the person on the other side uh, of this divide that's between the two of you. But you mostly have to worry about yourself. And you have to worry about seeing the person in front of you and trust at some point that they will grow enough that they want to see you. Um, And you can't really do make it happen. It's one of those things that uh, you have to be patient and when you get your side of the equation right, um, I'm convinced the other side person on the other side of the equation uh, has helped a lot in getting their self able to see and be seen. So how do you witness the person that's before you? First I think you have to look at him and everyone with the spirit of acceptance. Um, Probably the easiest way to think of that is in the negative, you know, what are all those barriers and beliefs that you have that's keeping you from accepting him fully? You gotta examine yourself and might even say examine your soul, your spirit, your uh, mind. However, you want to do it in your vocabulary. And say, what, what is it that makes you judgmental when you look at this person? What keeps you from accepting him or her just for what he or she is? First, I, I, one of the things that I think helps is the view that life is precious, all life. Uh, It's temporary. It's like a flower. Um, There's beauty all around us. Uh, Life is incredible that it exists, that it even exists. Wow, just... I mean, just try to get a grip on that. It exists all around us, and it's uh, gloriously beautiful sometimes. Sometimes it's ugly, and uh, it's hard, it's great, it's a mess. It's all of those things all at the same time. But... It is 
And that is what is just, that is just friggin' amazing. Friggin'. <laughs> I gotta learn to stop using that word. If it offends a lot of people and it shows that I, you know, have a fourth grade education, but I'm working in acceptance. Another thing that can help us bridge that gap is to accept, to believe that that we have a lot in common with a person that's standing in front of us, no matter who they are. They have joys and sorrows, they have hardship and disease. Like you, they're going to die. They're going to have their heart broken. They're going to love people. They're going to lose people. They're going to have great sex. They're going to have crappy sex. Well, most people are going to experience both. I don't guess that's a given either. They want intimate contact. They want to touch and be touched. They want to be seen. They're kind of just like you. And you take away all of the superficial, you know, skin color, country, language, religion. If you could get somehow, get all that, those layers off the person. Get down to their core. You'd find they're just like you. They all have joys and they all have sorrows. You can't be alive without that happening. You can become bitter and go sit in a hole somewhere, but that's kind of a super big sorrow. Another thing that helps us get closer to others is to always be seeking to learn and to grow. To grow from each other, from our shared experiences, from our shared stories, from our diversity. Stories are the way that uh, most people tell you about themselves. They use stories to see themselves. Um, They have religions that are based on stories. They see their profession, they'll tell it to you in the story. You ask them about their significant other and they'll tell you the story of how they met or they'll tell you a story about that person or a story about their relationship. Sometimes they'll tell you a story of how bad it is or how bad it was with someone else. But they'll tell you a story because humans tell stories. Humans get involved emotionally in their stories. They get attached to their stories. You and that person standing in front of you, both use stories, get caught up in stories, believe stories. Um, all stories I'm always saying are, you know, none of them are complete. We pick the facts that go into them, and most of the stories are inaccurate. Yet we love them. And the person standing in front of you is just like you.
they got their stories and you got yours. And you might believe when you two don't agree and you start telling opposite stories um, that you don't agree with each other, you don't accept each other. But what you really are doing is rejecting the story he's telling you, the story that's inaccurate and complete, and he's rejecting the story that you're telling him because it's inaccurate and incomplete. Kind of a story clash. Um, but it's just like the, you know, when you see a typical movie, the hero and his story and the villain and their story and the two stories clash. Um, the people aren't the stories. Um, the person is underneath the story. <laughs> I know that's hard to imagine. But I don't know if you've ever done meditation where you learn that your thoughts and feelings aren't really you. And if you sit there quiet and try to think about nothing, uh, your brain throws out, is a kind of an idea machine, it throws out uh, ideas and beliefs and condemnations and appraisals and uh, throws out a whole boatload of stuff whether you ask it to or not and you can go back to trying to concentrate on your breath but unless you're really a master um, your brain throws stuff out opinions doubts um, none of it's you you're the one throwing out all that stuff or at least part of you is throwing that out and you can learn that um, you are underneath there, and I've got where I can, I can quiet my head down and slow that rate. I'm not a master yet where I can get the, the quiet brain. I've experienced it a few times, and quite truthfully, it scared the crap out of me. Um, but the person standing in front of you is standing behind a story that they created. Now it'd be cool if we all created beautiful stories and then we could stand there and listen to their story and go, wow, what a beautiful story. Except we'd probably say, wow, what a beautiful person. Because um, to some extent you can know people by the stories they create. But they still remain um, separate and apart from the person standing there telling you the story. So, the question still comes down to, how do we get close enough to each other? How do we shed our plumage on, on long enough to see each other? That makes me think about a cock, uh, peacock that does a little dance for his lady, and he shows all the pretty flowers and stuff probably not really the true heart of the peacock coming through but the lady sees his story told with his feathers and his beauty or the beauty of his feathers and accepts um, this peacock you know what's really going on there is some you know biological drive to get the strongest you know, peacock which you know probably means the one with the biggest plumage and the best dance or something. I don't know. Yeah, some biologist or some peacock. 
But in real life, we want to learn how to see through all those barriers and plumages and stories. Um, to try to see the person underneath. And try to accept the, our common experience and uh, feel some love and acceptance for the person knowing that he's having similar joys and sorrows to you. He's on this journey and both of you are going to die. Uh, might as well hold hands as you go into the into the grave. <laughs> that's kind of a warped way to look at it, isn't it? Anyway, that's the kind of summarize we all want to see and be seen. And we have a lot of barriers between us and the person in front of us. Um, and we as individuals can try to get rid of some of those barriers that we have that's stopping others from seeing us. And we can learn how to look through and around other people's barriers and see them. And, and I think you know, the connection that comes on those rare occasions when you get through all of that is really pretty amazing. Um, I'm not sure everybody's experienced that. Um, I've experienced it a few times in my life. Um, and it's usually temporary, even with your, you know, I've got a lady I love dearly. And we pass through that every once in a while. Probably passed through it with her more than um, anybody in my past. Although I've, I've had some others that I've passed through, and occasionally I pass through it with uh, other people. Had it on a hike the other day. Had a little moment of connecting and feeling really close to someone. Um, and I've had it in the strangest of places. I've sat on a curb with a homeless person and talked. And for a brief moment, uh, I saw myself in them. And I, uh, we kind of touched heart to heart. Um, and I think it's what makes life worth living. I really don't know much else that... Uh, life is for if it's not for connecting with fellow humans maybe with the possible exception of uh, connecting with an animal As in my case I love connecting with my dogs uh, I can kind of depend on them to connect to just accept me just like I am and love me every time they see me which is really amazing if you think about that how a dog uh, loves and accepts you and they never seem to be you know, in that condition that most humans are that they're not available or behind a wall they're out there they're in your face so I guess that's what we're looking for is to you know be as loving and accepting uh, as a dog and see each other touch, feel, connect with each other. Anyway, this is the 
ancient Texan. Um, wishing you a great day and namaste.